They're known as serial killers, and according to law enforcement officials, there are at least 35 of them roaming the country now, stalking victims. When I'm getting scratches that are breaking the skin open, it's always in a set of three claw marks down my back. Started as an effort by a charismatic preacher to build a new society, but it ended, of course, with the tragic deaths of more than 900 people. Someone came across a lengthy trail of extremely large footprints. For the next hour, police advise that the public lock all doors and windows, shutter your blinds, and listen to the Weird Sisters. And like I did last time, I just took a big mouthful of food. Welcome back! <laughs> oh, I'm the first one to say it now. <laughs> I was eating! <laughs> well, jump the gun, so yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go for it, miss! I'll introduce the show! <laughs> it's my time! Um, welcome back! Um, yeah, welcome back! We're back at it again. And this week we have... A beautiful coincidence of stories because we have a theme for this week. This seems to be an ongoing thing. Yeah, that's true. Tell them what the theme is, Lauren. <laughs> Lady Pirates. Lady Pirates. Uh, so what we do is we kind of vaguely tell each other what we're going to do for the next episode so we don't accidentally do the same thing. Imagine how sucky that would be if I started doing my story and you're like, wait a second, that's my no. story. <laughs> God damn it. So yeah, we, we to avoid confusion, since there's just the two of us, uh, we do a very, very, very vague like name and then maybe like, something to describe them so last week i was like i'm doing so and so lady pirate and lauren went no way <laughs> i also have so and so lady pirate not the same lady pirate but lady pirates and it's very exciting so yeah do you want to go first this week sure oh my god lauren kicked off the show and is going first and we're really switching it up today huh Ooh, we're keeping our listeners on their toes. <laughs> <laughs> Just bad listening, like, ooh, <laughs> switching up. <laughs> they actually pay attention. <laughs> okay, so um, my pirate, her name is, and I'm really sorry if I do pronounce this wrong, I have looked it up and um, Google told me it's Cheng Yi Sao. Um, she, We're trying our best with pronunciations here. She is so cool. Like, just a crazy ride from beginning to end. Ooh, I'm so ready. Okay, so Cheng Yisao started off, um, her name was Shi Yang. Uh, she was a Cantonese prostitute. Okay. There was no mention of actually how long she was a prostitute or much of any of her early life, really. Um, this was the 1800s, so, you know, there may just not be a lot about her out there. Yeah. Um, Record keeping wasn't their forte. <laughs> yeah. So Anyone's 18... forte back then. <laughs> yeah. So in 1801, she was kidnapped by her husband. 
How does that work? Like he kidnapped her and then married her. Oh, okay. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, so romantic. <laughs> I know. Well, they. The funny thing is, they actually fell in love. Sounds like a plot to a Wattpad story. I know. This whole time I was reading it, I was like, what the heck? Anyway, um, so her husband's name was Cheng Yi, and then her name once she was married was changed to Cheng Yi Sao, which literally means wife of Cheng. Hey, for my name, when I get married, to be wife of Connor. <laughs> I know, like, literally her name is just... Your whole identity is being married. My husband. <laughs> yeah. That's sad. Um, At least the crazy, they're in love. Yeah. The crazy thing is his family actually has a long line of successful pirates dating back to the 17th century. Nice. Yeah. So he, he knows what he's doing. Wait, so he did he kidnap her when she was a prostitute? I believe so. There is not much information at all. I'm assuming she was a prostitute still at the time. Oh, so he kind of saved her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of on board with this romance now. Yeah. Um, so they adopt their son. His name is Chang Pao. Um, and then, Aww. sadly, in 1807, he died in a tsunami. Oh. No! That's I'm assuming so he was probably, you know, on a boat or something. Yeah. Just because it was a tsunami. Like, what a crazy way to go. Poor kid. Yeah. Um, so, after he died, she pushed her way to the top. She became... The leader nice and um she inherited 400 ships with over seventy thousand sailors 400 yeah with over that's so many thousand sailors damn yeah and um she actually increased the size of the fleet and she what actually, the fuck? I know, like, she became super successful. She's, like, really good at this pirating thing. Yeah, she actually occupied many coastal villages. She really climbed up in life. <laughs> yeah, this is where it kind of takes a weird turn. Um, Sao had an affair with her lieutenant and her adopted son. She, Wait, the son that had, died in a tsunami? No, her son survived. Her husband died. Oh! <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was the kid that died. No, I said her husband. How Woody Allen of her. Um, so she marries her lieutenant, and that like really solidified the family's status as the leaders of this... Um, Suppose fleet. Yeah. Jesus, so um, many fucking ships. I know. Sal's fleet was known as the Red Flag Fleet, and they would attack merchant mm -hmm. ships. And um, these attacks were led by Chang Pao, her son. And um, she was the one who t 
took over the strategy of it all and she would um, be the one to tell all the leaders of the many ships, you know, their different orders and everything. Oh, cool. And, um... Wait, is this, is this lady in Pirates of the Caribbean? Um, I believe that she is portrayed, like as one of the characters it's never actually said that this is her character but um i can't remember which one it is it's the one where they have all the different like leaders like um sat at the table or whatever. yeah and so she is the she would be portrayed by the like the asian lady of the group i think she was the only woman at the table Okay, that's so cool. Sorry to interrupt, I but I was just thinking about that. I was yeah. like, Wait a second. I feel like she was in Pirates of the Caribbean. Not like legit, but like portrayed. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, kind of like an homage show. Um, along that's with cool. the traditional merchant ships, they would pillage river uh they would pillage villages along the rivers. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks for she them. Was- she was quite fair with them and you know she took over a lot of them so i'm sure they they didn't um they oh so it wasn't bad. like burn the shit down to the ground take what you can <laughs> kill everyone it was like maybe kill a couple people take some stuff but we're gonna like settle in here and make a little community yeah. for ourselves <laughs> okay um, <laughs> she was amazing honestly because of her um strict laws this is what made her so successful Mm -hmm. um so (laughs) a couple of her rules were if a crewmate raped a female prisoner they were put to death good she i guess she would have to be pretty strict with her rules too because she is a a a woman yeah back in that time leading such a huge fleet so she has to like scare the men a little bit yeah well and i'm sure it's because she was once in that situation she probably feels sympathy for them at least a little bit yeah so i like that first rule yeah she's on my good list (laughs) um and then another (laughs) would be if they stole from a villager or the communal reserves they would be decapitated Oh, so there was no stealing from the villagers. Yeah. I suppose it would nice. be like, you know, the ones that they like settled into. You couldn't like yeah. steal from them. Probably because they were because helping out so now. much. Yeah. Um, and then if Sweet. if anyone were to try and escape, they would get their ear cut off. Their what escape like working? I don't actually know. I looked it up and there was a, like, it's very vague. So I'm assuming it would be either, you know, the prisoner escapes or like you try and desert something. But that would be your punishment. <laughs> it's like, once you're part of the family, you're part of the family for life. Yeah. You ain't leaving the family. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sal was so powerful that the Chinese government could not take her down. Nice. <laughs> and they That's would, so cool. Yeah. They tried many times and would eventually ask for help from European countries. And that still didn't do anything. Yeah, because she's got like fucking 400 plus ships and 40,000 plus men working for her. 
Jeez. And you she's can't got all those stop that. She's got all those villagers. Fuck. Yeah, she's got so many <laughs> allies and hidey holes and best buddies. Like, you can't stop that. Yeah, so she was super powerful. She was one of the most powerful people on the seas at that point. Around um, nice. China. Um, and in 1810, so not too long after you know her husband died and everything it's only like three years mm -hmm. the chinese government decided to grant pirates amnesty and um the first round of nega negotiations was led by cheng pao and that failed so cheng yi sao decided to go herself she was like you're acting like a fool you're not getting me what i want I'm gonna do this myself. What is the saying like? What is the saying bad guys always say when they're like if lackeys you wanna, suck and they're like, if you want to get a job, want a job done, done right, right, you do it yourself. Yeah. Or there's the one that's like, don't send a man to do a woman's job. There you go. She said that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As she like, like struts away and is like, ugh. Yeah. God, you can't find competent stepsons anymore. Exactly. Um, so she went with quite a lot of women and children, and she went to meet with the governor general himself. So she nice. just marched right up there and was like, okay, let's make Take a deal. Take it to the top. You don't mess with any middlemen. You just storm right into his office. Hell yeah. <laughs> so she was able to get amnesty for all of her pirates and they were able to keep all the riches that they had acquired nice that's a pretty sweet deal but that's not the only thing she got for them did she get a kingdom no but these pirates were actually able to get jobs within the chinese bureaucracy and the military oh shit Nice. Yeah. So, um... What a fucking badass. I know, isn't that crazy? She eventually retires, um, and then she comes out of retirement and opens a casino. Nice! Um, That's so cool. She also <laughs> married her adopted son. So she married Ooh. Cheng Pao, and then they ran the casino together, but she owned it till she died at 69. Good for her. Yeah. I mean, not the marrying her son thing, because that's a bit <laughs> creepy. But everything else, I'm all here for it. <laughs> yeah. And one of the um, really interesting things I found out while looking up this stuff is that um, during this time, piracy was actually like a family business. Aw, cute. So, like, the whole family was involved, and... So, like, pirates would live their whole lives on the ships. That's so cool. Yeah, they would literally live and die on the sea. That's, like, so, so cool. Because ah. I'm sitting here in my apartment, like, all I do is work on the radio and make a podcast. <laughs> and sometimes I read books yeah. and take funny <laughs> videos of my cat. Oh. When, when in another life, I could have been fucking sailing the seven seas with my family and best buddies yeah. having the time of my life. A lot of 
I was born in the wrong era. <laughs> uh, <laughs> women who are similar to Cheng Sao in their ranking, so pretty high ranked, obviously not the leader of anything, but um, they would actually be mm. able to fight alongside their male counterparts. That's so cool. Yeah. So that is That's the story awesome. of Tang Yi Sao. Yay! Yeah. That was so good. She's so freaking cool. It's so I, nice. I just, I love that. Like, she retired, she was rich, and then opened a casino. Yes. I understand murdering's bad. <laughs> and she probably did some eh things. But, like, all in all, this is a great, a great story. And I love that, like, in her time period, she was the like the boss lady she went and got what she wanted she married whoever the fuck she wanted even if it was her adopted son and that bitch survived being a pirate to open a casino yeah, and the crazy thing is so she cool. did that in all like of three years holy she, fuck i thought i thought this was like over several several no, years her husband died in uh like 1807 According to what I found. Uh-huh. And then in 1810, that's when um, the Chinese government was like, okay, we'll grant amnesty. So she... Cool it with the pirates. She was yeah. able to grow the fleet and do all this in just three years. That's so impressive. And then had a... <laughs> and she had a fucking casino until she was 69. Yeah. In her 60s. A male CEO in 2022 could, could never. never. <laughs> well, good job. That Thank was awesome. Yeah. So my badass pirate lady, um, she's in France. Ooh. So the other side of the continent. It's, yeah, because it's all connected, right? China. It goes like China, Russia, Europe. There's Middle East in there too. I'll act it's like all I know what the map looks like. <laughs> I took geography once in high school, but that was ages ago. <laughs> okay, so her name is. I googled all the pronunciations for this, and I'm trying my best as a white woman who doesn't speak anything really other than English. Chloe. I mean, I took French a little bit, and I took Spanish Chloe a little bit. Chloe has a hard bit, but it doesn't time help. speaking just English. <laughs> that gives anybody kind of like um, any insight into how Chloe is. She can't even speak English words properly, so. Um, don't air my dirty laundry out. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> life's a struggle, but we'll get through this. Anyway, Jeanne Declisson, she is known as the Tigress of Brittany and then sometimes is referred to as the Lioness oh, wow. of Brittany. Um, yeah, so what turned me on to this is good old TikTok. Somebody said, child bride turned mad pirate queen who burned down the monarchy. And I was fucking hooked. I was like, yes, tell me less. I'll go find out. This girl sounds like such a badass. So, um, she was born Jeanne-Louise de Belleville, Dame de Montague, the daughter of Maurice. I think that's a four. (laughs) Maurice the fourth of Belleville. Bellevue Montague and Latisse de Patini uh, in 1300. So a little further back yeah. than your pirate. So 
These guys are a minor noble family in the Duchy of Brittany, which, do you know where that is? <clears throat> no? I was trying to think maybe if I did. Even if it was a yes, I would <laughs> tell you anyway. Yeah, because I asked because you, you kind of were invested in learning French, so I didn't mm. know if you knew. There's a difference between learning French and knowing where places <laughs> are in France. And knowing where things are. <laughs> Okay, I guess your point, yeah, that's that's a valid point. So the Duchy of Brittany, which is part of modern day France, is this like tiny little pointy peninsula on the okay. northwest tip of France. So it's got the Atlantic Ocean on the west, and then the English Channel is like right above it to the north. I had a feeling that it was like a coastal town. Yeah, it's um it's it's a it's definitely coastal. It's got like coast on three sides of it isn't that what makes it a peninsula i don't know so yeah tiny little pointy peninsula on the northwest <laughs> tip of france that's where we are so um jeanne was sent off to an arranged marriage at the old oh age gosh. of 12 um because that's definitely when we should marry people off sorry the crazy thing is that child brides weren't even that common like even before yes, you know I've like been... when it was common for kings and queens but for people who were of lower nobility or even just common people they'd actually get married into their 20s yes and it's surprising because all these like fucking crusty white men in our age are like you know they used to marry them off as soon as they got their period it's like no even the royalty like even though they were arranged to be married like married and mm. then married most of the time they weren't even like bedding each yeah. other till they were older because um they had beliefs that like if a if a man had sex while he was young or if he had sex with a young woman it would like destroy his something to do with his like soul or whatever yeah, i don't like, know the specifics but it's something along financially suitable for um families of like poor people to <laughs> sell off their like their daughter their labor <laughs> you won't be able to yeah. work um you know you like own land or whatever until you are older anyway it could go on and on. <laughs> so yeah, this is... I know. We could have a podcast all about child oh, marriages no. and how they're wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so this is a little unusual. She was 12, but I guess, luckily-ish, her husband-to-be, her new husband, is 19. So it's not a yeah. creepy 40-year-old <laughs> marrying her. I mean, it's still bad, but it's, it's not like as Romeo bad, It's like Romeo and you know? Juliet ages. Um. Yeah, yeah. So it's still a little, eh, but it's yeah, not it's like, like a, you know. Mm, mm, <laughs> this feels wrong. <laughs> so his name is uh, Geoffrey de Chateaubriand. Chateaubriand. Um, so she had two kids with him, Louise and Geoffrey. Uh, so Geoffrey Jr. Uh, and then after 14 years of marriage, her husband passes away. 
So she was with him for a while. Yeah. And then she she goes along two years later and gets married again to her second husband. This guy's name is literally Guy de oh my God. Pan- Pantievra. Pantievra. Um, he's the son of the Duke of Brittany, who was a very significantly wealthy nobleman. So she got to enjoy, enjoy like being part of society and being really wealthy and things were looking great until uh two years after their marriage they were forcefully divorced oh wow um yeah there was this whole thing about like this other rich to-do family who had tons of influence they didn't want her to be married to him because it would like sully the bloodline or whatever so the pope was like yeah let's annul that oh no (laughs) yeah literally the pope was like okay no longer married. Then, in 1330, a couple years after that, um, Jeanne, she marries her third husband, Oliver III de Clisson. And um, her marriage to Oliver was described as a bit odd in the articles I read because Oliver was also a widower um, who was the exact same age as Jeanne. And they seemed... To actually be in love, even though, um, sorry, their their marriage wasn't anything of convenience or al- alliance. They actually were in love, which is cute. It was genuine. So that's why it's odd to them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it might have been odd because they were like the exact same age, and it's like, oh, she's a widow, he's a widower. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but some of the uh, some of the articles literally said, um, like an odd <laughs> it. They literally said, like, an odd marriage. <laughs> so, But they were in love. They had five kids together. Maurice, uh, Guillaume, Oliver, Isabeau, who died in 1343, oh. and another Jeanne. Jeanne. There are a lot of Jeannes in this story, so I will try and keep <laughs> them all straight. <laughs> there's Jeanne, and then there's Jeanne's daughter. <laughs> so... They had a great marriage, things were going well, and then the fucking Hundred Years' War breaks out between England and France in 1337. So they had seven years of marital bliss, and then the fucking war breaks out. Uh, Which is a a very horrific and intense situation for both sides. And quick Cliff's notes, if nobody knows what the Hundred Years' War is, it is a war that lasted a hundred years. And at its core, it was a stupid argument over who should be King of France after the old king of France died without leaving an heir. (laughs) (laughs) That's the gist of it. (laughs) Inga was like, oh, mine. And then France was like, "Uh, no. And so, 100 years of back and forth. So, uh, around this time as well, in 1341, Brittany um, became like a key focal point in the Hundred Year War between France and England because the Duke of Brittany dies and leaves no male heir. And this is like prime real estate because it's like situated between France and England. It's like yeah, a good coastal like area to have. Easy swoop in. Yeah, and you're like right on the channel, you're right there where the action needs to be. And then so depending on who controls that, they've got like an upper hand in a situation if anything else were to arise. Yeah. So England and France were both like, oh, I want someone who is in support of me to be the Duke of Brittany so we can have influence of the area, which makes sense. So then England and France are like, okay, I'm going to throw my power and resources and stuff behind this one guy and you can do it to this guy so basically 
the Duke of Brittany, his name is John, uh, he had two potential heirs for the dukedom. So they were as followed. So John had a younger half-brother named John de Montfort. Okay. And then there was a, a woman named Jeanne, <laughs> who was the daughter of his brother Guy, uh, Argen's ex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so weird. But so this new Jen is the daughter of Guy. And since Guy had been the older of older than John de Montfort, uh, then Jen should have in- inherited his claim and been heir. That's just how the rules work. Yeah. And this is what the uh, previous Duke's wish was because he hated the namesake, his namesake's half brother. Um, and he, in fact, tried to have his father's second marriage annulled to ge- delegitimize his half siblings. Mm. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then there's Jeanne, who is actually married to the king's nephew, Charles de Blois. And um, John, the younger guy who is trying to get the throne, knew that the crown would support Charles' claim to dukedom on his wife's behalf. So John was just like, you know what? Before any official decisions are being made, I'm just going to claim the dukedom immediately through force. (laughs) So um, the French threw their support behind Charles because, you know, king's nephew. And then England saw a chance to be like, oh, let's screw France over. So they were like, let's support John de Montfort. So that's where that's at. So going back to our Gen, <laughs> I feel the need to clarify because there's like three Gens now. <laughs> so our Gen's dear husband, Oliver de Clisson, fought alongside Charles de Blois, um, France's chosen one. And so he fought alongside him to be the Duke. And they they got along pretty well till for some reason. Charles was like, Oliver, you don't seem very loyal to me anymore. <laughs> so the reason Oliver became came under suspicion, every time I say Oliver, my cat keeps looking at me. <laughs> my cat, my third cat's name is Oliver, and he's so confused right now. Okay, so Oliver became uh, under suspicion and criticism from Charles because... He was basically tasked to hold Van against the English forces. Mm. And um, he didn't do so good. Oh, no. Uh, There's this whole thing of he gets caught and captured, and then someone from England's side gets captured, and they do a trade, and (laughs) um, (laughs) Charles is not convinced that Oliver's being, like, super loyal. So Oliver's like, you know what? Fuck you. And then he defects to the English side. So in the summer of 1343, Oliver was attending a tourney on French territory and he gets arrested and taken to Paris for trial. And 15 of his buddies, including Charles de Blois, the guy he fought for, found him guilty of treason in August of 1343 and executed him by beheading him um, on the orders of King Philip the... God, Roman numerals are really fucking me over. King Philip the Sixth? 
Oliver's head was then sent to Nantes and displayed on a pole outside the castle in Buffet. (laughs) Yeah. So, Oliver's not having a good time right now. Yeah. So, needless to say, Jeanne was not very happy about hearing about how her beloved husband had been just killed. So, (laughs) what she did was she took her sons to Nantes and she showed them their father's head on the on the pole outside of the city and was like she told them she was like Charles de Blois and the king of France had murdered your father and she took them back to their estates and she immediately sold everything she could in order to create a war chest excuse me get down my cat's trying to climb on the table <laughs> I heard that so, yeah he's fucking Oliver hasn't figured out how to jump onto furniture yet, so he's trying to, like, claw his way up. <laughs> Cheeky bugger. So. Um, Jen raises enough... Ow! I'm not a fucking... He tried to climb up me. Cat, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a podcast. Okay. <clears throat> so Jen raises enough money for a small army and three warships. And then she uses the extra cash she has to bribe the lords of Brittany not to sell her out to the king of France. Because, you know, she's on his shit list right now. Yeah. And he's on hers, so it's it's equal. So (laughs) she bribes him so she won't have any trouble. And then she sets to work on her goal of ridding Brittany of the French. (laughs) She's very very goal-oriented. Yeah. So... The ships that Jeanne purchased were all painted black on her command, and the sails were dyed red, and, they, and her fleet was referred to as the Black Fleet. And one of the first attacks she ever did was on a French stronghold, which includes a massacre uh, at the Chateau de Beau. I never said she was a good guy, but she's, she's not a bad guy. I mean, but she's yeah, There was a massacre bossing. right there. She's trying her best. This is how she's dealing with the loss of her beloved. So, after she figured out land invasions were too dangerous, she took to piracy. Yeah, as you do. As you do. It's a logical next step. (laughs) So, from 1343 to 1356, her Black Feet fleet... I can't talk. Her Black Fleet became the Scourge of the Normandy coast. They destroyed French supply ships, French vessels, anything owned by King Philip uh, VI, and any French nobility. <laughs> Dunzo. If she saw a French flag, you were fucking night-night goodbye. And this is when she was starting to be referred to as the Tigress of Brittany. It's... I don't know. I forget how they pronounce it in French, Tigress, but, like, she's causing trouble. So, what she liked to do was, once they, like, boarded a ship, she would personally take out the commanders and any noblemen on board by chopping their heads off with her axe. Oh, wow. Anytime you see her portrayed, most of the time, she has a fucking axe, and it's so cool. But yeah, she'd behead them and throw their bodies overboard, and then the crew would kill any of the survivors except for two people. And she left those two people alive to, quote, tell King Philippe the Fortunat what had happened. So it's like, 
they only survived to tell the tale yeah. of the, <laughs> the Tigress of Brittany. So, to make shit even worse for, uh, for King Philip, uh, he couldn't really do much to stop the raiding of the fleets either because the French fleet had been annihilated by the English at the Battle of Sluis Sluis um in 1340 and then in 1343 he couldn't exactly spare the troops money or supplies that would be necessary for an expedition to take down the ships and all um because it just wasn't feasible he didn't have any means to stop this crazy lady from killing french people (laughs) it wasn't long before the black fleet's um destruction caught the eye of king edward of england and old Eddie boy was like super into the fact that Jeanne didn't attack English ships. And he was like, you know what? I want to be on your good side. So he gave her lands, titles, and money to thank her for clearing the channel of the enemy. <laughs> and she repaid his debt by ferrying supplies, men, arrows from England to France to help support the English during the Battle of Tresy. I don't know. I didn't look up the pronunciation for that one. C-R-E-C-Y? Sounds about right. Dressy. That's what we're going to do with it, and someone's going to be mad at me, and that's okay. So, good old King Philip the Sixth dies in 1350, but Jeanne doesn't let that stop her. She still continues doing a little piracy, and she remains allied with House of Montfort, who are still trying to get the, you know, the seat or whatever to be the, <laughs> the Duke of Brittany. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Um, Ultimately, the House of Montfort did successfully get themselves in there, in the Duchy of Brittany. And um, Charles de Bois was killed in the battle, which is good. We didn't want him to be alive anymore. Yeah. So, So, at this point, this is when Jeanne retires. Because she also did not have to face any... Any, you know, trials for anything she did. She gets to live a happily ever after. Just like your lady did, which is so nice. Yeah. It's nice to see that our pirate ladies didn't fucking meet their end at (laughs) the end of a a noose, you know? Yeah. So, Jeanne, um, where am I on my paper? Okay. Jeanne had given up piracy in 1356. And soon afterwards, she marries an English noble uh, named... So Walter Brentley, and he is actually one of King Edward's the third's lieutenants. So she's like married up there. She's she's got an influential hubby. Yeah. Um, and they move to a castle in Castle of Hennebont in Brittany, um, under Montfort's protection. Because part of Brittany was under English control and then there was part that was under French control. So it was a little risky for her to get back there, but she was like, oh, I'm on the English side. It's okay. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) She lives out the rest of her days and she dies pretty peacefully, I assume. (laughs) Uh, She dies three years later after marrying her new husband. Nobody knows how she dies. Um, They don't really have a cause, but she died. So... Um, But our story does not stop there. No, 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 no. (laughs) In honor of his mother, her son Oliver takes over the estate. And he also went to war in Brittany against Charles de Blois. And he actually fought against him. 
and the, they met eye to eye and like actually fought before Charles died, which is wow. cool. Um, in the Battle of Array, and Oliver lost an eye there, and also gained the nickname Oliver the Butcher, which seems like you have to do a lot of things to get something as graphic as that being your nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the things he did was not take any prisoners. So there's that. Charles dead, Oliver eventually reconciled with France, and he actually became the constable of France in 1380, which it it doesn't seem like much. The title isn't really like, okay, cool, like what is that? He's actually one of the he is the most powerful noble in the kingdom, second only to the king in authority and power. So he really like shot up there an influence in France after wow. reconciliation. It's kind of like an attorney general. Okay, there we go. Lauren hitting us with the knowledge. <laughs> so yeah, he was second only to the king in power and authority in France. Yeah. And in fact, I love this. This feels like such a fucking like a win for um Jeanne and also like a kick in the nuts for f- uh the previous king that she was fighting against. What was his name? Francis the sixth mm-hmm. or whatever. Philip. <laughs> <laughs> She was, Jeanne had her feud with Philip. She had her feud with Philip VI. And so this would be a kick in the nuts for him because Oliver, since he became the richest man in France, he he slept around a little bit. And Francis I, the person who took the throne in 1515, is a descendant of his. Which means from until then, until 1848, when the revolution happened and ended kings in France, the blood of the Tigress of Brittany flowed through the veins of every French king after 1515. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's such a win. That is. That's so funny. <laughs> she spent her entire life fucking kicking King Philip's ass. And then after her death, her family just like goes in there and adds themselves to the, the royal bloodline. Yeah. It's pretty. <laughs> it's a pretty nice ending <laughs> to that. So yeah, there, there's the the Tigress of Brittany, Jeanne de Clisson. What a good story. I know, I had so much fun researching it. <laughs> Pretty good episode. Solid, solid badass women fucking fighting the patriarchy. Yeah. Okay, as usual, um, followers on like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, it's Weird Sis Podcast. We post pictures of our episodes on there, other stuff as well. Go ahead, like, follow, subscribe, all that, so you can keep up to date with us. And then like and subscribe to whatever podcast listening platform you decide to listen to us on. (laughs) So remember to lock your doors. And become a fucking badass pirate. (laughs) That sounds perfect. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Goodbye! My sources for today's episodes are history.com, womensbridge.org, and ancientpages.com. Nice. Uh, My sources for today were the Wikipedia page for Jeanne de Clisson. We love Wikipedia. Um, Headstuff.org. There's an article called Jeanne de Clisson, Bloody Lioness Brittany. 
uh, all that's interesting.com article and then there's this really cool website called rejectedprincess.com and if you go there and look at Jeanne de Clisson's page for it he basically um, drew a comic book for an abridged version of her life oh, that's that was really so cool. cool to look at I know 